Hi there and welcome to The Brave, a podcast all about resilience. I'm your host, Beth and Vincent, and in each episode we explore a different aspect of resilience, normally through having a deep and insightful conversation with someone about their life, their job, what they've been through, the challenges they've overcome, how they deal with stress and just the general strains and pressures of life in the 21st century. So this week is a very interesting episode. I've been speaking to Susie Flynn and Susie is a former PA who's now um, taken her knowledge of that role and turned it into a coaching business for PAs and the reason why I really wanted to speak to Susie uh, was that essentially being a PA is I'm gonna say it my worst nightmare it's literally it's a job I imagine I would a be kind of pretty bad at and b I just don't think I could deal with the pressure and throughout my career I've come across mainly women in these types of roles who have just smashed it and they've been the most organized people you've ever met but also the most stressed people I've ever met as well you know the pressure on them is immense and I was really keen to find out more about the role what it takes to thrive in the role some of the pressures these women are under and how it can kind of affect them and really just get a bit of empathy for myself and hopefully for you for people in this position but also understand how they deal with what is quite an incredible workload so I'm going to cut to the chase and go into my interview with Susie and I really hope you enjoy it and find it as fascinating as I did. Okay so my name is Susie I'm Susie Flynn Coaching I was a personal assistant for 22 years, um, quite a long time, working in corporate London. And in that time, I had uh, some good days and some bad days. And I definitely had different challenges that I had to face, not only with the corporate world, but my own personal issues, which I had to deal with throughout time. Um, I've since retrained as a personal performance coach and I now help personal assistants to create more freedom, more flexibility and independence in their life by creating a plan to transition safely into their own business through mindset coaching. So I help them with their confidence, I help them um, realise their potential, help them get past the blocks which are holding them back and to sort of see um, their potential and to just really live their passion and purpose if they're not already. So p- personal assistance, it's, it's one of those job roles that is absolutely integral to the running of an organisation, but isn't necessarily kind of um, one of those roles that's really centrally featured when you talk about like org charts or you'll be interfacing with someone's personal assistant, but not necessarily getting to know them or really understanding what they do. So would you be able to, if listeners haven't come across this as a job role, just give a flavour of what day to day life is like as a personal assistant? Absolutely, Bethany, yes. Um, they say life as a personal assistant is extremely varied. In 30, 40 years ago, it was very, very different. It would involve probably just typing, a bit of diary, management. Now, it's almost you're an extension of your executive. Um, you almost have to be on call 24-7. You have a work mobile, a work laptop. If your boss phones you, you need to be available. And you do everything from managing your boss, managing a team, managing diaries, inbox, events, budgets. It's just a whole host of different things. The the PA and the EA, which is executive assistant role, is changing dramatically and it's becoming more of a strategic business partner. So there is a very, very wide scope. Um, You take on project work. And it can be a very demanding role. You're always expected to be there and you are effectively the face of the business 
on behalf of your executive. So quite demanding at times. Yeah, and I can imagine that's pretty stressful. Yes, it can be. When things go wrong, you're the kind of person that has to figure out everything. You have to find solutions to problems. You have to, you know, learn things which you never thought that you'd need to learn. Um, weaknesses need to become a strength, such as IT is not particularly a strength of mine, but I've had to learn about WebExes and how to deal with webinars when they don't work um, and really just be there to um, gatekeep and find solutions to problems. So, yes, it can be quite stressful, particularly when things go wrong or when your boss is in a bad mood, which does happen. Oh, interesting. So there is like kind of interpersonal aspect to it, because I guess you're working really kind of closely and one on one with this individual. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's very much a one to one. And I think from my experience of when I've gone to interviews, it's 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 very competitive and it is about finding the right fit. They you know, would often say, we thought you were wonderful, Susie, but it wasn't quite the right fit. Um, nothing personal. But it, it, it is personal in a way because you work very closely with your executive and to have a good relationship is key. Yeah. And this is obviously a podcast about resilience. And I imagine you have to be pretty resilient to do this job. I was thinking the other day about resilience and I was thinking, you know, where has my resilience come from? Definitely from life experiences, which I've had to deal with, but definitely as a personal assistant. I mean, I went out at age, well, age 16, my dad gave me a sort of an ultimatum. <laughs> two years extra education or out, and out to work and I was like okay didn't know what I wanted to do but before I knew it I went into the secretarial field and I think a lot of the resilience that I have built up has been from working for FTSE 100 companies C-level bosses and when I say C-level bosses for the audience I mean chief executive officers chief operation officers people at the top of their field um, who are, are managing you know, million pound budgets and I'm having to support them and think of the next step and just to say, you know, one, two, three steps ahead all the time. So, yeah, it's resist. It's it requires a lot of resilience um, and just to manage my stress and my boss's stress when I did do that role. Yeah. And managing two people's stress <laughs> sounds the kind of like a recipe for a hell of a lot of stress so I, I'm really interested in that concept of managing someone else's stress were there any kind of strategies or tactics you had for that I think as a coach now I have a lot more strategies back then I probably had some but I have certainly have more now and the things that I'd employed then and the things that I employ now is just one I mean I think sometimes it was just one getting through the end of the day when the day just was going badly, things were going wrong, we was just focusing on getting through to 5.30, knowing that it was just for now, it was not forever, um, and just going home and relaxing and finding time out, whatever that meant for an individual. So for me, we time with friends, going down the pub, you know, just chilling to Netflix, reading, um, and, and just taking time out. But, yeah, it, it could be challenging dealing with someone else's stress levels and I think also it's accepting that they are just stressed it's not personal um and knowing that and understanding that they've got a lot on their plate and by putting yourself in their shoes and having that empathy it makes it a lot easier yeah brilliant and this is a question I ask kind of everyone who comes on the show but it's what does resilience mean to you then kind of from your experience it's a really good question, and I, I knew you'd ask this. I think resilience for me is being able to stay strong in the face of adversity. 
to be able to be brave, to to be courageous, to know that it's just for now and not forever, to accept your feelings um, and your emotions as you go through what you're going through, and just to just to know that there is an end to what you're going through. I've been through quite a tough couple of years, and I one of the things that got me through particularly is using gratitude. So something happened yesterday which is slightly disappointing, and I. I'm very good at reframing things and practicing gratitude. So yeah. it's just staying strong in the face of adversity and finding coping mechanisms to deal with what you're going through at the time. Yeah. And you've actually kind of led on to my next question a little bit there, which is great. And it's it's about kind of the, the biggest challenge or challenges you've overcome, either professionally or personally. In the professional life, yeah, it was, it was dealing with um, the pressure of corporate world, dealing with um, so many demands on my time. At one point um, at a firm I was working for, I had a team of about 20 people, four key people, one like was the boss, and then about, you know, the other ad hoc people who come up to me, and just like the constant demands of my time. So that was um, definitely something I had to deal with. You were looking then, after those people? So you had you were looking after 20 people's diaries... Not the diaries, and I was looking after four people's diaries, but then I'd have a total of 20 people that would actually at some point come up to me at some point during the day or during the week saying, can you book travel? And it was managing that, and it actually transpired that a lady in another office went on maternity leave, so I had to look after her team. There was 20 people, but not all of them came to me, but just ad hoc. I'd get requests for travel or expenses, and it was just more pressure and more more pressure on my time and then someone was made redundant then there was another team and eventually it was like 60 people and it wasn't everyone everywhere all the time but it was just small requests all the time so things like that redundancies I was made redundant three times during um, my corporate career so the stress and the pressure which comes from your whole income being taken away having to go out temping looking for work um so that has been that's been tough and you know you have to I've had to find the positives and had to be reaction orientated to find the answers and to get the results I wanted on the business side as you know I run a coaching business um I love what I do but honestly it does come with challenges mm. for example last night I had a call with someone I got a lead via LinkedIn she was interested in finding out more about how I could help her transition from the nine to five so we arranged a call I checked what was the best number to give her a call on. She gave me her number. We confirmed it. I said, look, I'll be calling from this number. And I phoned her at 7.30 last night. No reply. Phoned her again five minutes later. No reply. Sent her an email. Just sent oh, her just following up. We had a call. No reply. No answer. Nothing. And it's just things like that that can be quite soul-destroying. Yeah, it's like ghosting almost. It is like ghosting. And, you know, I do a lot of what I call energy work. So I clear you know, how I'm feeling in my body, in my energy centre. Um, and I just reframed it and I was like, okay, so maybe she's not ready, you know, to make that move. So if she's not ready, she wouldn't have been the ideal client for me. So I, I'm always looking at another way to look at it. Um, other challenges that I've come across, um, that I think probably one of the biggest challenges, and it was the catalyst for me, it was 2013. I lost, sadly lost my parents seven months apart. And... My employer at the time put me through a disciplinary performance instead of supporting me. And that just sort of, you know, sent me over the edge a little bit. I ended up suffering from depression, stress, anxiety. 
thankfully left the role, took a settlement agreement, and it made me think, what do I really want to do instead? And that's when I started to retrain as a coach. Took a few years, some other trainings. Um, but through that adversity, you know, as I say, through adversity comes strength, and through that adversity, I've managed to turn it around into something really, really positive. And I'm yeah. now some people, PAs, that want to either transition out of the nine-to-five or I've just taken on a new client who wants to have better self-care. Um, and she's a, she's a PA herself and she's just juggling too much. Yeah. So I think that out of everything difficult and everything challenging that you go through, good things can come out of it. I think you just got to have the right mindset, have that positive and that growth mindset. Yeah. So that they're there. And I'm really interested in the kind of experience you have both with clients and from your own experience. And is there anything, let's say you work in an organisation where you interface with PAs or EAs, um, is there anything you could do to make their lives easier? Because it sounds like a hella stressful job <laughs> to me. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, knowing what I know now, I wish I knew it when I was back, back as a PA, but the, you know, there's many different tips that I could give personal assistance to help them cope with stress and anxiety um one of the things that I do well I have a morning routine so I I do visualization so I visualize the future so if I'm having a particularly bad time I just visualize the future and I visualize myself looking back at where I am now and just feeling really grateful that I'm not here anymore that everything's solved and that you know life is so much better so visualization is really good to change the way that you feel because actually the brain doesn't know the difference between reality and imagination. So visualization is a really, really powerful tool. If you can just include five minutes meditation in your day, that's really, really powerful um, to get yourself set up for the day. Um, I think breathing techniques are really, really good. Um, so I tend to just have my hands over my heart or my heart center, take uh, a deep breath in for about five, six seconds and let it out for five, six seconds do that two or three times and it really just helps calm you down and when you get stressed you go into fight and flight when you do the breathing it takes you out of fight and flight and it calms yourself down um there's many other tips that i could talk about but there's just just are a few that i could share with you know your audience today yeah and anyone could do that regardless of what position they're in anyone could kind of have you, a go there you could sit at your desk and do the breathing you could pop to the loo um, I mean, I do, I'm an AFT practitioner, so it involves tapping on endpoints and meridians across your body. Um, so, you know, I would encourage people to do that where they can, even if you're just tapping on one point. Um, there's some really, really simple techniques out there. So, yeah, it doesn't have to be stressful. And I just think practicing and, and building in self-care, like I saw a post the other day about how personal assistants are getting in the office at 7.30 and sometimes not leaving to five and then they're online from you know 6 30 to 11 30 and i understand that you have to be available for your executive but it's you know where you find time for yourself so i mean i just ask encourage the audience to ask themselves where am i finding time for myself what am i doing to create rest and relaxation you know like do i have hobbies do i have habits that allow me to just rest yeah, and I, I suppose that the question that that raises for me, the people coming in at 7.30, not leaving and then working into the night, is, mm -hmm. that, is that expected in a formal sense or is that just the kind of, you know, you, you work in offices that have this informal kind of present, presenteeism? It's a good question. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about this myself and we'll probably post about this. 
I think there's an expectation as an executive assistant that you are then meant to be there 24-7. I mean, a lot of people respond and go in, but I'm available 24-7. Um, and it's about boundaries from the bosses to make sure that they respect those boundaries and that they don't phone up every day at 3, 4, 5 in the morning. Um, but I do think there's sort of an expectation, particularly for the PA role and the EA role, for them to be available. But it does concern me because... Where, where where did they find an off switch? I mean, one person replied to me this morning and said, oh, I find bits of time here and there. But here and there, that's not really enough. We need to rest. You know, we need to switch up our brain to, to be more productive. So it does concern me. Um, yeah, and also I can imagine, well, just from, again, personal experience, when I when I work ridiculously long hours, like I'm not as effective you know, my brain, my brain is tired. I need to switch off. So if, if you have an expectation of people being available 24 hours, you're not going to get the best out of them. Well, that's what I believe. Um, but I do think there's a lot of pressure in the PA role in the industry. I do think there's um, a pay gap. I mean, especially since executive assistants are very much now stepping up into more of a strategic role and being an extension of their executive and taking on a lot of the business duties. Um, but there is a difference in the pay gap. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do think that self-care is so, so, so important. Yeah. It's part of resilience. I mean, to, to, you know, one of the factors of being resilient is to allow enough self-care, enough downtime so that, you know, you can be resilient and cope with the, the challenges that are coming your way. So, yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and also for me, I think kind of EAPA role, you're doing a lot of emotional labour as well. It's not even the kind of you're in people's inboxes and whatever. Like, you have to show up and put on a certain kind of persona and be mm. a certain kind of responsive and deferential as well, I imagine. Yeah, and I think we all wear masks. Obviously, we wear a mask when we're at work. We wear a mask when we're in a social life. We wear a mask when we're, you know, just ourselves. And we adapt our masks to fit into a certain situation. Um, and, and very much so in the PA role, yeah, and it can be emotional because when something goes wrong, when your boss shouts at you or, you know, you make a mistake. And I, I've experienced this and I've heard other PAs say this when they feel they, you know, when they've made a mistake and they feel they've let down their boss. Mm-hmm. You know, as PAs, there are people, I know for myself, that care. They do it because they care because they want to make a difference. And to make a mistake and to let down the boss or, or, you know, perception of letting down their boss can emotionally affect them. And it affects their belief systems because they can just um, build on their existing beliefs that, you know, I'm not good enough, I'm a failure, I make mistakes, whatever the beliefs that are that we have. Because we all have beliefs which form from, you know, from our pre-conscious years up to age zero to seven. But then when we have things that happen in, in life and in work, it can compound that. Yeah. No, I completely agree. <laughs> Resilience is great, but it doesn't mean that you have to go through everything alone. It doesn't mean that you have to be really, really strong on your own all the time. It's really, really okay to ask for help. In fact, I believe it's a sign of strength. Um, yeah. So that's one thing I'd say. I, I touched on this before, but practice gratitude and focus on what you do have, not what you don't have. I think so many people... And I think it's so easy to focus on what you haven't achieved, what you don't have. But when you're having a bad day and things aren't going well, focus on what's gone well. Focus on what you do have. Focus on what you do have in your life and what you're grateful for. Yeah. Uh, Another thing I'd say in terms of resilience is just know that it's just for now. It is not forever. 
Just take it one day at a time and just get through whatever you're experiencing. Um, create a morning routine if you haven't already. I do. I've tried different things from journaling. I do meditation. I write out a gratitude list. Um, you know, getting some exercise in the morning is good. I know that if you're working, it's, hard, it's harder fit these things in but if you're on the train you can have a book you can journal you can write a gratitude list you can use your phone um and just practice mindfulness so just accept your feelings accept how you're feeling in the moment and where you are and know that it's okay not to be okay because we can't be okay all the time and that's okay it generally is okay that's a great set of tips. Thank you so much for sharing them with us. Um, Susie, so if people want to kind of find out more about you, I know you write a lot on LinkedIn as well. Where can yes. they find you? Okay, well, my website is Susie Flynn, so I'll spell it. www.suzieflynn for November, so susieflynn.com. You can find me on LinkedIn again. It's just type in Susie Flynn. You can find me there. Um, take a look at my profile. All my details are there. And I also have a Facebook page, which is Easy Flynn Coaching. So there's all sorts of information about what I do and how I can help people on, on those social media handles. Thanks so much to Susie for sharing her story and that really great list of tips at the end as well. I think talking about kind of the stresses and strains of these types of roles is really illuminating and hopefully it's also given you some tips to take into your own work, your own life and just generally how to deal with stress in a baby better way. I really like the kind of mindset of flipping things around and thinking more about what you do have instead of what you don't have. You know, comparison is the thief of joy and all of that. But if you uh, liked the podcast and what you heard, I would be so grateful if you left a rating and or a review on the platform you're listening on. What this means is essentially I get a bit of feedback in that people are enjoying this and liking what I'm putting out there. And also due to kind of the algorithmic wizardry of the platforms it means that more people will discover the podcast and hopefully learn from it themselves so you can also find out more about the brave on twitter facebook and linkedin those are our social platforms we're also on instagram as well it's just at the brave listen on all of those you can find out more about us in depth on the website which is www.bethandvincent.com because i'm too cheap to pay for two domains (laughs) No, it just felt better having everything centralised in one place. But that's my personal website, but it also has everything about the podcast on there as well. And also, what is the final thing? Yes, you can email us if you've got an idea on what you would want to say. If you wanted to come on the podcast, please do drop me a message at hello at bethandvincent.com. Again, if you've got any in-depth feedback, I would love to have it there as well. But I'm going to cut this here and I hopefully will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening.